Hey, everyone. My name is Al Gugliotta, and I want to welcome you to The Unlearning Project. This is my attempt to break down the origins of our thoughts, our attitudes, our behaviors, our biases, most of which have been imposed upon us by our upbringing. My main goal in this entire podcast is to pivot from a place of self-judgment that we're all too familiar with to a place of self-curiosity. Thanks for joining. Let's dive right in. All right, we're back. And I'm here with Virginia Elder. My name's Al Gugliotta. Hey, Virginia. Hey. We have a topic to talk about today that's called transitions. I got onto this topic from, well, no, not a financial coach. He's a coach for mostly doctors. And I was telling him my situation that just feeling in a rut between business and family and band and just trying to juggle all these different things. And you just kind of feel like a little bit run down and just in that place where like, you don't really have much direction. So I wanted to get like new eyes on my life and just to find a a new perspective. And he recommended this book transitions. So I've been listening to it. I'm on my second time through right now. It's by, I think it's Bill Bridges or William Bridges. But the essence of what he's saying is we all have beginnings and endings in our life. So beginnings, you have a baby, you get a new pet, you have a new job, those types of things. Endings, you lose your job, somebody passes away. There's a million big ones and little ones in your life, beginnings and endings. And those are pretty noticeable. Yeah, especially the big ones. The one thing that he talks about that I wasn't familiar with, he talks about this thing called the neutral zone. The neutral zone is in between the beginnings and endings. Mm. And a lot of times neutral zones, from what he's saying, can last a long time. So it could be like years. You could be sitting in some neutral zone. Yeah. And so we were discussing before recording that you're going through something with like that with your business. Yeah. And it just, the way you were describing it, I'm like, that's a neutral zone. You're in that. (laughs) Like you're literally in it. Like you've dropped something you're contemplating, should I or should I not have dropped that? Right. It feels weird. It feels like you're letting people down. It's a little probably just a strange feeling. You've been doing it for a long time, but I'll let you expand on it. That's a perfect summary. So I'd been doing financial coaching for like three years now. The whole online business, Zoom meetings with clients, group programs, the whole thing. And had really worked hard to create this like personal brand and was happy with the number of followers and just all of that and started editing podcasts. And that's one of the ways that I met you, which also related to the financial space, which is funny because I got into like a lot of the financial groups, launched my podcast, then found other financial people that wanted to do a podcast as well. And so then this whole podcast side started. Yeah. And just somehow within the past like about two months, I just was really feeling these two different levels of energy when it came to Mm. working in the coaching side versus working in the podcast editing side. And I've been trying really hard to find and pay attention to how I feel when I'm doing different activities and when you're with the kids or when you're 
spending alone time, if you're reading a book, like mm. how do you feel doing all these different things? Do you like this? Do you like cooking dinner? Like I've just been trying to really pay attention to all that. And so this yeah, really showed up for me in the business side. And I had all these goals at the beginning of the new year and crazy stuff, like a whole calendar filled out. And within the past 30 days, I just yeah. quit all of that. I haven't posted on social media for my financial stuff. I haven't emailed subscribers. I just stopped and I feel bad. I feel really weird and like in a weird place where I don't know what to say because I don't really have a conclusion that I've arrived at. I just needed some space. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, I've been leaning into the podcast editing stuff. I've been taking on new clients. I've been talking to new potential clients and it's exciting and fun. And it's not necessarily what I would see as a beginning because I've been doing mm -hmm. editing for podcasts. But it's just leaning into that and leaning away from the coaching. But I'm not really ready to declare like a <laughs> firm decision. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm just in this super weird space and I don't know how to handle it or what to say about it yet. It's... Super strange. And like the declaring thing, like, is it even, who do you have to declare it to yourself? I mean, you know, just so you <laughs> have like <laughs> something like a clear cut, like that's over. This is, it's got to be, everything's got to be kind of like cut and dry. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just my personality or what that is, but yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah, there's people that followed me, thousands on Facebook and Instagram and whatever, that I feel like I'm letting them down if I don't continue to share financial tips right. and budget tips and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I feel like, do I just ghost? Like, is that appropriate after being like this business owner for a few years? Like, that just doesn't seem responsible. So I just don't know what to do about it yet. Right. And I don't, it's one of those things like you're just in your head. Yeah. Like somebody else from the outside could just be like, why is this so hard for you? Just do this, this, and this. Sure. Yeah. It's definitely, <laughs> yeah, you're in it and it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like your baby to me. It's like, yeah, do this, this, and this. And I love that you said you talked to this coach. Cause that's been my thought is like, oh my God, do I need a business coach or somebody to tell me like how to do this? <laughs> yeah, you need like that cold, unbiased view, I think sometimes where it's just look at it without emotion. What do you, you know, I'm telling you my story. What do you see from this? So this coach recommended this book, Transitions. And I think the book's been around like 30 years. It's like an old book. Sometimes those are the best. Yeah, and I guess it's like a classic. But I love the idea, it just so resonated with me. And then when you told me what you're telling me, I'm like, that's what he's describing. Like, Perfect. He's literally describing like a place where like, you're just in between things. You don't know where to go. You don't know what your next, your next option or your next decision is going to be. You're just mulling it over. And he talks about the importance of letting that happen and not fighting with it. Not like wrestling with this. I have to have an answer. I have to have an answer. I have to find a new beginning. I have to transition really quick. Yeah. Just literally just let yourself, you're not disappointing anybody, obviously, <laughs> you know, I mean, in your head, you think you are. Yeah. You think you are. Yeah. That's where I've been really cautious. Like I haven't set any new goals or overhauled my calendar or done because that's really natural to me too. Yeah. So I've been just really 
trying to take a step back and being like, okay, what are we doing here? Just give it space. Yeah. Sleep on it. Think on it. Read a book. Go outside. I don't know. Figure it out. (laughs) I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. I think, I mean, the hardest part is like controlling your mind, spiraling out of control with the thoughts of I'm disappointing people. I've been doing this for three years. I can't just let people down. I got to do this. What are the people going to think? And yeah, like all that is just, like you said, it's in your head People don't care that much. Mm-mm. And I was telling you, like, my quote unquote branch manager oh, yeah. always tells me that about clients. Because something once in a while, especially in the early years when I started independent, I would come to him and I'd be like, I just don't feel like I'm doing enough and I'm not getting in touch with my clients often enough. He's like, Al, he's like, I'll call my clients once a year. If they need something, they'll call me. For sure. Like, they're not thinking about you. <laughs> I mean, just to kind of pull the rug out from under you. They're not thinking about you. Yeah, right. You're not that important to them. (laughs) You're not in their everyday thoughts. Yeah. But in my mind, I have these 95 clients and I'm like, they're thinking in their heads. They're thinking, why isn't Al calling me? They're not thinking that. They're never thinking that. Yeah. That's a nice thing to remember is like, you're kind of being self-conscious about what you're doing. Everybody's just worried about themselves. Yeah. So it's so true. They don't notice what you're doing, what you're wearing, what you said, or <laughs> yeah, they just exactly they're in the they have busy lives just like us, and they're thinking about other things. I'm not thinking about my CPA ever. Right. Like during tax season, when I'm in the middle of doing my taxes, maybe I'm thinking about that. Right. But the rest of the year, I don't think about my CPA. No. And I'm sure my CPA is not like, oh man, I got to contact Al because like you know he needs. <laughs> No. So you start to put it in like that perspective and you're like, oh man, I'm not holding up the world. There's two sides of it, right? Like it's a little bit of relief. Like, oh, they aren't worried about me. They aren't thinking about me. But then I was sharing with you. It's the other side of like, why don't they need (laughs) me? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Am I that unimportant? Yeah. Yeah. I thought they relied on me. Right. (laughs) But they're waiting by the computer, waiting for your next message, you know? So tell me more. Why do you feel like stuck or why do you feel in a transition? Like, how did this resonate with you so much? I think it's always comes back to like the business. Hmm. I've I've made my financial practice into an annuity. So basically an annuity, meaning like it pays me residual and I just need to maintain it. I'm not looking for new clients. I'm not, it's just in maintenance mode. It's been in maintenance mode for eight years. Yeah. That's awesome. It is awesome. Like, so, but here we go. So, right. It's awesome. And then I fight with myself. I'm like, well, why do you feel down? Why don't you just appreciate what you have? Why would you even complain about that? You know how many people would kill to be in that position? <laughs> but I'm like, I don't feel that fulfilled by it. And I right. feel this like this emptiness, sort of like mm. I'm flailing to find something that gives me some, mm-hmm. I don't know, excitement for life, some vigor, some yeah, you know, there's... reason to wake up in the morning. Yeah, it's just there in the background and there's nothing that you have to really do. So it's almost like you get bored. Yeah, it's boring with like giant jolts of terror (laughs) when like the markets (laughs) crash or like it goes off the rails for like the month or two during like a market downturn. Yeah, Everybody calls. I'm like scrambling and scrambling. And then market comes back a little bit and then it just goes silent. Mm. And it's like this weird kind of up and down. Like you feel like you're on call and you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's the rough part about finances is that people only call you when they are 
in full panic mode, absolute fear, and you're talking them off a ledge. Yep. And yeah, I guess that's the same like energy thing that I was pulling away from because that's why people call for financial coaching because their budget's a disaster and they've overdrafted and they're like, right, you know, have late fees on all their cards because some payment thing messed up and they're just super disorganized and really panicked. Yeah. And I love to problem solve, but I was just feeling like maybe my problem solving skills are better for like me instead of me solving their problems. Mm. I, I don't know. Just, yeah. I was trying to figure out what it was there, but I enjoy the financial piece. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you do too. That's why you do this. I do, but I've been doing it for so long. I feel like at 47 years old, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I want to do something different. Hmm. And I don't want another vocation. Right. I just want to live like a, have a different life. I want to just kind of start, you know, just stop that. Like we said, like you, you stopped one path and now you're redirecting your energy Mm -hmm. somewhere else. So you've been doing that for three years. I've been doing it for 20. Yeah. It's just one of those things. So I, I just wanted to get a new set of eyes on. Yeah you know, hey, this is my life. This is what it's turned into. It's not bad. I'm just struggling with where to go from here. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking for some direction. And so I wanted to get somebody good that could listen to what I'm saying. And this guy was great because like the first book he recommends is this book called Transitions. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, no wonder you recommend this book. I mean, it makes (laughs) complete sense. I'm going through a long extended transition you're scared to make a big jump because you don't want to make a big mistake. Mm-hmm. But then you wind up sitting in limbo. You're riding the fence a lot. You're just not really making a decision one way or another. And you know, I'm not suffering. I'm just not inspired. Mm-hmm. One of the quotes that came from this book, which I really liked, I like Ralph Waldo Emerson a lot. Not in his goals, but in his transitions, man is great. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, we're so damn goal-oriented, right? Yeah. That's all we like to, you know, everybody talks about. Write down your goals. Set bigger goals. Goals, 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 goals. Shoot for your goals. If your goals are too small, you're not shooting for the moon. And on and on and on. And just set goals and set goals and set goals. Then cross them off and set new goals. Mm -hmm. And you have quarterly goals and yearly goals and five-year goals. I'm like, enough with the goals. And I started thinking based on that quote, it really is like the transitions of your life, like how graceful you could navigate those transitions makes the successful life. Because we're just talking about jobs right now and money, but I'm talking like family, friends, what other transitions? We talked about divorce, people dying, people getting sick. Like life just throws at you these curveballs. You don't know they're coming, comes out of nowhere. How are you going to handle that? Mm -hmm. So I think a lot about that kind of stuff where maybe I should, as I'm going through these transitions, just sit in it. Yes. Just let it be what it is. You don't have to make any quick decision rather than fighting it. I feel like I'm always wrestling Mm -hmm. with these transitions because I'm like, I don't want to be in it. Yeah. That's how I've felt like the past, I would say definitely in December and the first part of January, I felt really like I was wrestling with it and I was stressed out because I was like, you got to post on social media and you got to do this. And then plus I'm scheduling podcast editing and doing both. Yeah. And I've been doing that since 2019. I've been doing both. So 
And that was a piece of it too. It was like, you would think I'd be good at this by now. Mm. And so it was like all these interesting thoughts. And I am a decisive person. Mm -hmm. I am not someone who just hymns and haws, where are we going out to eat like that? No, Mm -hmm. we're picking a place we're going. I'm not wasting time for 30 minutes deciding. So I know that when it hits me, I will know what to do. I don't feel like I'm not making a decision right now. I just feel like... I'm just going with it. Like, I'm just open. And give it time, right? Give it space. Like, yeah, your mind will eventually figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny how we get in our own way. Like, <laughs> we start giving yourself an ultimatum that, yeah, I got to make a decision. Like, I got to figure this out. I, right. I need to know. I can't just sit in this limbo. But that's the only place. You, I mean, you have to allow yourself to be in there to let your brain have the space to figure stuff out. Right. If you're always on this deadline of like, I got to make a decision now. I got to move on. That ended. I got to move on to this and let's go and more goals. And yeah, that never works for me. That just feels like a rat race. I mean, that's corporate all over again, Mm -hmm. right there. And I'm not willing to do that to myself. (laughs) That's good. That's great. (laughs) I mean... So what about you? You've been doing more like outdoor stuff. You read a lot of books. I do. I mean, I feel like you have strong interests outside of work and business and all that. It's not like you just need a new hobby or something. And I'm sure that's not what that guy told you. So how did that play into it? Well, I was just thinking over the last year over, it's just been for everybody, it's been a tough year. But it was like for me, January, my mom passed away. Market crashed in March. Pandemic happens just feel like you got hit by a wave and you're just tumbling in like in the surf at this point. So I'm just trying to get my bearings of like, all right. Yeah. You know, let's let things settle. Yeah. I spent a lot of time outside, got into hiking, camping again. And I think I've been doing a lot of that over the last eight years of just reading books, learning drums, but hobbies, more leisurely activities. And I've wrestled with those all along because I'm like, these don't produce money. Mm. I can't just do leisure. I can't just do things that are fun. I have a very hard time with just letting myself do things that are fun for extended periods. You could do a little piece of a fun thing, but then you got to get back to work. I love that you said that. And I'm going to share this. This is so (laughs) stupid. But I got a new planner because I'm a planner person. I'm all crazy like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And each week, it's like your focus for the week. And then I've never had this in a planner before. Right below that, it said your reward if accomplished. And I literally sat there and stared at it and was like, reward? (laughs) Like what? I don't know. And then there's another section that was like something you're excited to do this week and something fun you'll do this week. I can fill out the thing I'm excited about. You know, there's always something with the kids or whatever, but then something fun. Yeah. I still don't know what to put in that damn box. I don't know what I do for fun. It's true blank. (laughs) I don't, I would like, I don't know what to put there. Yeah. I can paint my nails or something, but is that fun? Is that really fun? What is fun? What would I do for fun? Right. I don't know. That's a good question. I struggle with that too. Yeah. Like what is fun? I almost feel like that's like the saddest question anybody could ask. (laughs) Yeah. 
Like what in the world? That's when you like really feel like an adult. Like I don't even know what fun is anymore, you know? Yeah, like how serious and like boring am I? Jeez. Yeah. I like <laughs> So I'm, I, the, the audience is going to think I'm a jerk for, I mean, so I'm going to Hawaii in two weeks. Awesome. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. I should be like, I'm not ecstatic. I'm like, oh, no. I think it's going to be fun. I'm sure once I get there, but the whole lead up for me on vacation is just freaking stress ridden. Okay. You know, I'm like, I got to tie all my loose ends. I got to make sure I pack everything and don't forget anything. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure like all my voicemails, all my emails are on auto, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And everything's covered with the business. We got to make sure the dog gets to the vet. It's just like so much coordination. It's like by the time like the day comes that you leave, you're just like, ah, you know, like you're freaking out. Yeah. And then again, once I get there and I'm like, all right, I'm here. Yes. <laughs> and Woo-saw. there's nothing I can do about it. Yes. But like, why do I go through the lead up? You know, I think that's really normal. I really do. Because I was feeling just as you're talking (laughs) through that, I'm like, yep, yep, yep. It's like the idea of the vacation or what it could not be a vacation, like anything. Yeah. The idea of it sounds so cool and so fun and relaxing. Right. But it's all the shit you have to do to plan for it to get there. Like you said, the dog, the house, automatic lights, or like whatever crap right. that you Turn feel the like water you off. need to set. Yeah. Yes. I know. And that is so stressful. I forgot where I read it or heard it or whatever, but it's pretty normal that it takes people like two to three days to settle into the vacation. Absolutely. At least. Yeah. And then again, like when you get back, you're like hit with that stress again. So it takes a few days to get back to life. Yeah. I get depressed like the last day of the vacation. I'm like, (laughs) I'm going to come back to 200 emails and 40 voicemails. And I'm like, oh God, like I went from such a relaxed state to like just intense stress. That's very normal. Yeah. But I'm starting to get that adult feeling of like, well, it's not even worth the effort. Why even bother going on these vacations if you're just going to stress out? So I'm making myself go on vacations because I don't want to ever succumb to that. Yeah. And I'm like, forget it. I'm not going anywhere because it's just too stressful. <laughs> you know, it's so yeah. Remember when you were a kid and you went on vacation, you had no stress. You just looked forward to it. Your parents packed your bags for you. Like you had nothing to worry about. Yeah, the morning came. You're like, yes. Yeah. I just want to get back to a little bit of that. Yes. I'll never forget. My kids are still little, but they were even younger. And we were going to Houston. Mm-hmm. And we were like halfway there in the car or something. And my son, I swear he was like four. And he was like, oh, mommy, what about my clothes? <laughs> like, it was the cutest thing. It like broke my heart. He... Yeah. Didn't real and I didn't tell him, but you're just you pack the kids' bags and you just pack everything, the cats, dogs, whatever. Everything's yeah. taken care of. And the kids are just thrown in the car and on the way to Houston. But in his little <laughs> brain, he was like, What about my clothes? I don't have any clothes. <laughs> it was so cute. And it just it, it was exactly that. It was like yeah. kids have no worries in the world. And then, you know, I explained to him that I packed his bag and he was like, oh, but he was checking. He was like, what about underwear? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) I have the most responsible four-year-old ever. I'll never forget that. It was the cutest damn thing. (laughs) But yeah, just as a kid, all you're worried about is what day are we going to the beach? Yeah. 
<sighs> and don't you want? I just wanted a piece of that again. Yes. And I guess that's what I'm starting to think about with just everything, like with business and with, like, how much do you need to be happy? True. And I think we get scared of these transitions. We just want to move from like beginning to end, beginning to end, beginning to end. And just so you, you just keep this cycle up. Mm-hmm. Like I once heard that what we do is we like set these goals. Like we idealize something like this is what we want. And then you get there and you feel disappointed. Yeah. It's the moving target thing. Yeah. The moving target, right? The heat hedonic the, treadmill yeah. kind of thing. Like you just reacclimate to whatever that is. Yeah. And then you get frustrated because now that goal didn't fulfill what you thought it would fulfill. Mm -hmm. And then you just go back in the loop again. You idealize something again. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'll buy that house. And you move it to that house. Not that I have multiple houses. Right. (laughs) Buy that house. And that house is going to make me happy. And you get to the house and you're there for whatever, six months. And you're like, that didn't really do it. All right. I got to find something else. Yeah. And it's just the cycle of idealizing. You get there, you get disappointed, and then it goes back to frustration and then idealizing. It's like a triangle. Mm. And I'm like, man. Because you're just so focused on that triangular loop, you never sit back and just allow yourself to be in transition. Yeah. You're just going from beginning to ending. And then when once it ends, you go right back to the beginning and you're never allowing yourself. The way he put it in the book, which I thought was cool. Yeah, he was saying basically like, the difference between change and transition like change is situational. Like change is like the birth of a baby or death of a loved one or new job, like we were talking about, or moving to a new city. Mm-hmm. But a transition is psychological. It's like the personal side. Oh. It's the inner reorientation, self-definition that a person has to go through in order to incorporate any of the changes in their life. I think that is such a good distinction. That makes it so clear because any kind of like move or new baby or new pet or any of that yeah, physical change. There's, it's an event, right? Yeah. And there's like to-do lists associated with that somewhere you have to be a certain time. Kind yes. of like things you could check off, but a transition is just, I don't know. You're just in this space where you're waiting for a sign or. Right. A feeling or someone to say something that triggers and you're like, oh, okay, this is where I need to be or. Yes. Like, I think you said it well, like it's like a to-do list that you're checking off. It's a material thing that you can sort of go through. Mm -hmm. Like you move into a house, I get my utilities going. (laughs) You have the whole checklist. Yeah. (laughs) But once you're in that house and you're sitting in that and you're like, no, like that didn't fulfill me. Mm. and where do I go from here? And like you said, it's very convoluted. It's not material or ironclad. It's mysterious and sort of elusive. Yeah, it's not anything like physical, like a relocation or an event that you can see or feel. It's just in your head. And that is bothersome, right? Because we're always thinking about, am I just in my head? Am I holding myself back? Because most of the time, when you feel like you can't do something, there's no one actually stopping you from doing that. It's just in your head that you are. Yeah. So that's been a question to me. But then I look and I'm like, well, I'm not stopping myself from doing anything. I am editing. I am talking to new podcast clients. Like I'm doing things and I'm moving forward with that direction. But for me, the transition is... What do I do with that 
whole financial coaching, like website and business and social media and Mm -hmm. all of those handles and platforms and all that. What do I do with it? Do I just let it fade? Right. I don't know if that's like the most responsible thing. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. But it is your baby. You get to do whatever you want with it. It's not like... I I think maybe you're carrying a responsibility with it that's not really there. You're putting this responsibility that maybe doesn't exist. But again, it's so easy for me to say that to you. I could look in in your life. We could always fix everybody else's life. Yeah. I mean, oh yeah, just do this, this, and this. You're done. That's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) That happens a lot. Right. Yeah. When I think I like my own stuff, other people will tell me like what to do and it's very clear to them. Yeah. For whatever reason, when it's your own life, it's tough to think that way. You feel like there's some sort of, you have certain ties. There's certain Mm -hmm. things that like are pulling you or you feel like a sense of responsibility in some way. Right. Well, do you have any like ideas or indicators? Like, do you want to play drums more? Like, do you think it's COVID because you've been feeling trapped and away? You know what it is? I'm thinking, and I know that this is very true in my life, and I think it's true in most people's lives. I'm not looking for a new vocation. Oh, no. I'm not looking for something to do or like a hobby or... Mm -hmm. I just want to be more in control of my internal experience, I think. Mm. I feel like what's happening to me and what I've thought about most of my life is that nobody enjoys being in a state of anxiety, depression, any kind of like, I just want to have a happier internal experience more of the time. Mm. I know it sounds very like just general, no, but I've tried all these different things. I've tried like, let me fix this. Let me move here and let me go on this vacation and let me play drums and let me go hiking. And it doesn't matter. Like all that stuff is good. They're like little kind of sugar highs, you know, here and there that give you a little jolts, maybe yeah, change a little bit of perspective. Yeah. You feel good about a week after you get back from your hiking trip and then you're back to it. Exactly. You think about, yeah, you're thinking about the last day of the trip, all the emails and the voicemails that you're coming back to, all the stress you're coming back to. So I'm just thinking to myself, like all of these external material things, we all know this, they don't really mean anything. They don't have any long-term lasting good effect on your life. Mm. So I'm really like trying to cut to the source of, I just want to feel good. I want to feel like the kid on vacation. (laughs) Yeah. Like I just have like be very light. Like I feel very heavy a lot of the time where Mm. there's like all these responsibilities and you're juggling businesses and Just things are too serious. I want to be less serious. I want to be more childlike. Hmm. And I want to be able to have, let things roll off a lot easier and just sort of like, you know what? Nothing's really a big deal. Yeah. Like we we make everything a big deal in our life. Nothing's really a big deal. Like in my mind, like you're telling me this story. I know it's a big deal to you. But then I think I'm like, Virginia, it's not a big deal. Right. So if you let the (laughs) thing drop, no big deal. If you continue to do it, you decide in two months that you want to come back and do a little bit of it. No big deal. Yeah. Nobody really cares. And yeah, but I'm not just saying about you. I'm saying about myself too. Like if I decided to, you know, sell the financial practice, like in the scheme of things, is it a really a big deal? Mm. Or if you ever do the exercise where you think of yourself at 90 years old, 90 year old you is now looking back at what, 35-year-old you? Are you 35? Yeah, 36. Yeah. 36. All right. Uh, At least I got under it. Okay. I'm not (laughs) offended. I just think we're the same age, whatever. 
We could just both be 40. How about that? Okay, we'll uh, cut it right in the middle, right? So like when you think of your 90-year-old self, like telling your younger self, like, would you want to be doing what you're doing in that 90-year-old's mind? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're looking back at your life and saying, is that what you really should be doing with your time? Mm -hmm. Or Will you be glad that you spent your time that way? Yeah. Yeah. And really try to put yourself, like I was trying to do that the other day and I was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. That's what it, it got me that feeling of nothing's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, really, like people are sick, dying, people are going through crazy crap. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes through it. Mm-hmm. What we do with our business, what we do with certain things, nothing's really that big of a deal. Right. But it's hard because we juggle this, especially coming from the financial community. Then it's like, you don't just throw caution to the wind. You still have right. to save for a rainy day. And you still have to, you got to, it's this dichotomy. Like you want to live like the child, but you want to prepare for the future like the, the adult, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and you think about everything that's going on in the US right now, you're thinking people need financial help like more than anything. So how could I abandon that? So then it's this guilt and I'm like, oh, that's not a good way to look at this. Right. So yeah, I'm trying to figure out my direction, but I'm also just trying to make sure that I'm looking at things Mm -hmm. in the correct way without like a should, should have to, right. I have to do this. (laughs) I have to keep this up. Yes. That's where the stress comes when you have, I think that's Mm -hmm. what happens. Like you've been doing it three years. That's a long time. And it's like day in, day out. Like you were saying, you got to do these like funnels and the CTAs and the this and the that and the posting and the, it's like a nonstop train. It's a freight train. You're just, you can't stop the train. You had actually made that comment before. You're like, I don't know. I just feel like I have to keep the train moving and I don't know where we're going, but I just got to keep it going. And Right. There's no destination. It's like, where is the train going to California? Yeah. I'm like, well, we hit California. Now what? Just keep going. Like, where are we going? Yeah. That's the other thing. If there's no real destination. I think that's the challenging part about the whole online business thing is that you're constantly trying to create content to drive traffic, to drive clients, to make them want to download your free things so they get on your email list. And every social media post is supposed to have a call to action to help. Like, it's just... Call to action. Just that phrase. Just uh, I know. I know it's just industry kind of term, but it just gives me the eebie-jeebies of, you know... (laughs) But that's what it is. It's like you're on this train and you're doing all these tasks and you're trying to keep fuel in the engine and you have no idea. And it's as if I didn't set goals for my business. Like I knew where I was going. Mm -hmm. I knew what the plan was. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I want to keep doing that. Yeah. Like, The podcasting thing just makes me so much happier. Yeah. And what's interesting with the money part of it is if the podcast produces money or if the financial business produces money, at least from my perspective, it doesn't really matter. Like if you're getting two grand a month, five grand a month, whatever it like winds up being, Mm -hmm. the train just keeps going. It's like, there's no, there's still no destination. So you can make money doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You can make money doing this stuff, but that's not going to give you that sense of fulfillment. Mm -hmm. That's the piece too, is like, okay, both things make money. 
but what do I like? What do I want to do? What, how do I want to feel? Where do I want to spend yeah. my time? It's like that 90 year old thing you were saying. Right. You know, if you look back and you're like, okay, I wanted to be home with my kids. I am. Mm-hmm. Am I making the best of it? Or am I just like creating more busy work? Yeah. You know, if I focused on one, you just edit the podcast, schedule them. It's a very set amount of work. Yeah. With the coaching business, you could create more social media. You could create another blog. You could just keep going, just do all these things. And so I'm starting to see how that could very easily just usurped all my time. Yeah. Huh. I'm just evaluating. Yeah. And sitting in that evaluation for as long as it takes. Mm-hmm. Because what I think what happens, you're probably will attest to this too, is that you get antsy. Like you don't want to just sit in that evaluation too long because you're like, like you just told me before, like you're a decisive person. I'm a decision maker. Mm-hmm. How can you be a decision maker and not make a decision right in that? You know what I mean? Like how long is yeah. acceptable to be sitting in this uncertainty? Right. That's the tough part because like, I've been sitting in this uncertainty for a long time and it's been uncomfortable the whole way through. Hmm. And then I'm starting to realize from reading this book, Transitions, is that you don't need to be stressed out in that uncertainty. You could sit in it. Hmm. I mean, you're making yourself, you're putting expectations on this situation that like you have to come up with an answer quick. Mm-hmm. And then when you don't, you're disappointed. So it's okay. Let your mind wander. Yeah. Do something outrageous. Do something like out of the ordinary. Yeah. You know, go to the beach for a week and just bring a notebook. Exactly. See what comes out. See what happens. And was that in the book or not where you had mentioned to me, bring a notebook. If you write in it, great. If you don't, don't. It was in the book. Yeah. So he says something to the effect of go to like a city and rent a hotel room and just sit in the hotel room or go to the beach or go to somewhere in the wilderness. And he's like, bring a notebook. But if you don't write in it, that's fine. Have no expectation, but let your minds just be empty for a few days or a week mm-hmm. and just see what comes from that. That's where like some epiphanies come. Mm-hmm. Like I think we get it in small doses when we go for walks or we like go for a run. Yes. You kind of get like those ideas. You change up your body chemistry so that you could, you're thinking different. You have a different perspective. Do that for an extended period. Yeah. And he goes into a funny part. He's like, but don't hurt yourself. He's like, a lot of people like <laughs> go out into the wilderness and do a midnight hike, you know, because they want to like, oh, and they want to come back with like poison oak or they go for a swim in midnight, the ocean. They want to drowning. Like that's not people cool. start getting like really intense with this stuff. No. Yeah. yeah <laughs> just go somewhere safe. You know, let your yeah. mind wander. I think our minds are just so cluttered most of the time. Mm-hmm. It's hard to make any decisions. Like, how do you get any clarity when, like you said, you're all these different things that you have to keep busy, up with. Busy, busy, you busy, You have to keep the train going. Yeah. How about we park the train, get off, and just like evaluate? Yes. But it's parking the train that's the hard part. And do you feel, this is just making me think of this right now, but do you feel like there's multiple levels of transitions all happening at once? Because I'll share like... Yeah. My son is switching soccer organizations. So we just signed with a new academy. My daughter's starting gymnastics. And then there's yeah. like the whole COVID thing. So you're like worried about who we're exposed to, where we're going, and if they're following protocols. 
And then just again, because of COVID this year has been really hard on my husband. He's a school teacher and I know all the teachers out there are so stressed right now. Yes, they are. Yeah. I just feel like there's a lot, like we're not making, we're not moving. We're not, he's not switching career. Like none of this stuff is even really a discussion, but it's just these little moving parts of all the people in the family and you're the parent, I'm the parent. So you feel like you're in charge of it all. So I might be going through like a mental business transition kind of thing, but then there's all these little transitions underlying that. I'm so glad you brought that up. You're totally like, yeah, you totally got (laughs) me down like a whole other path that I wanted to go down. Okay. Because there's good transitions that you can stress about. Like, so for instance, like somebody gets a promotion you know, for work, that's a good thing, right? On the surface, but that could be a very stressful thing for someone. Oh, yeah. So that's still a hard transition. He also gets into the, the point that everybody reacts to different things in different ways. So somebody could have like the death of a loved one and handle it fine. Mm-hmm. And then their family pet dies and they lose their shit, yes. you know, like, or vice versa. Or in this book, he talks about there's like this group meeting and one of the guys got a promotion. And he was like depressed and all this stuff. And once he tells his story, he's having marital troubles. He's having like all these other issues. And Mm -hmm. the actual promotion triggered like the actual breakdown. So a good thing actually triggered something, you know, that kind of brought him into a depression. Hmm. I'm like, wow. I'm like, so like everybody, there's a million different transitions. There's ones that you're dealing with daily. Yeah, I think there's all different sizes, levels. And that's why I think it's so cool to think about if you can be graceful and navigate transitions well. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the best things that would serve you, just like that Emerson quote. Mm -hmm. You know, that's really, it's not the goals, it's the transitions. If you can like really realize that your whole life is just transition. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just named off two. I mean, you probably... If we really dug deep, you could probably name like hundreds, you know, like little things, little minor things. Hmm. So Transitions by uh, William Bridges. Yeah, definitely worth reading. So you said you're on your second time listening to it right now? I am. There's so much to it. I could listen to it probably five times and like, I really should take notes while I read it or listen to it Mm -hmm. because you forget. And there's like probably like 10 or 15 spots where I'm like, I need to remember that. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm curious to see how you'll feel about it in like two or three weeks or after another time or two of listening to it or maybe another conversation with this coach or just see how, how it pans out. I'm excited. Like it was the first, like, yeah, I was getting into a place where it just felt like I need someone else to give me some sort of direction. I really kind of felt that. And I don't feel that way that often. Usually I feel pretty self-motivated and. I could sort of push through, you know, walls, but I felt like mm-hmm. just there was this wall that I'm like, I just can't see past it. Mm-hmm. I'll let you know definitely how it all turns out. And you had said for me that I've been doing coaching for three years, like that was just such a long time, but I'm looking back at you thinking you've been doing what you do for way longer. So yeah, 20, 20 some odd years. Yeah. In different forms, but yeah, for the most part, the same sort of thing. And like, why do you have to do one thing for your whole, you know, that's another kind of 
limiting belief I have in my head is like, no, you built this and you got to do it forever now. I'm like, why? So is that like that you identify as a financial advisor and that is your... No. Okay. Oh, it's no. It's a fear. It's a complete fear. Hmm. It's a fear of loss of security. Hmm. It's like, I built this thing. It's very secure. If Hmm. I drop it and I go try something else and fail, I can't Hmm. get that thing back. I I honestly don't feel any sense of identity. I don't feel like the person that would stop working and be like, I don't know what to do with my, I just lost my identity. I always thought of myself as this. Right. Mm -mm. I don't think I'd miss it. Okay. I mean, I'd I'd miss the clients. I like the friendships, but I think I would still have those. Yeah. At least the ones that mattered. Do you feel like you actually have to stop doing this in order to figure out what the next thing is. Maybe you don't have to stop being an advisor. Right. You know? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Like, how do you morph it? You can definitely, it doesn't have to be one way or another, right? Right. Like you can still have the, because you said like, it's just runs, it's in maintenance mode. It's been that way. It's easy. Yeah. Maybe not easy, but there's challenging times, right? (laughs) Yeah. But it's just there. It's like what you were saying to me, maybe, about you don't have to actually just make a declaration about that side. You can just do what else you want to do and just continue doing things. I agree. still have this other piece. I guess what's bothering... It's like it just fills a lot of mental space. Oh, yeah. That's the (laughs) hard part. It's it's not the physical stuff. It's not that I have to sit here and press buttons and that... I'm constantly returning a million phone calls or like, I'm not doing that, but I'm thinking it's always in the back of my mind. And I'm always, I feel like I'm on call, mm. you know, like for instance, today, like three people called out of the woodwork. Yeah. Nothing big. And it was pleasant conversations. They're fine. But I'm always in the back of my mind. Like I got to check email. I got to check this. I got to make sure I get back to, and it would be nice just to, again, I'm asking for a lot. I get this. <laughs> like I get, I, I do have a lot of freedom. But I just want the mental space back to think Mm. about other things. Mm -hmm. Like I really truly fantasize about the day where I don't have to think about financial markets. Mm. Where I don't check my phone to see like what stocks are doing for that day. Interesting. Like I'm tired of thinking of numbers. I want to, if I ended everything tomorrow as far as the business, I would literally put, I think, all of my assets into one of those target date funds. Yeah. And just forget it. Yeah. Literally, I I wouldn't want to even think about it. Like I'd set it up once. Yeah. Forget about it and just get on with my life. And it just doesn't interest me anymore. It's too volatile and it's too like sensationalized. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin's (laughs) going through the roof. And, you know, oh my God. And Tesla, this and that. uh." I'm like, I'm tired of it. Like I'm just, it drains me. Do you think that it's like one of those where you went from this extreme and now you're going towards the other, like you're just done with it. Yeah. Like I'm kind of a little bit, uh, yeah, Hmm. a little bit. Like I I think I've told you before, I have that fantasy about skipping my smartphone into the ocean. (laughs) You know, like I cancel, like literally canceling every contact that I have and just adding them back one by one and like a flip phone. The people that you want. I want one email. I want one phone and that's it. I got three phones at this with three different voicemails and three different oh emails. Oh my gosh. 
yeah, I have like my office phone at the office, then I got my home office phone, and then I got my cell oh. phone. Three voicemails. Think about that. It's like too many yeah. lines of communication, too many inputs. That's when I yeah, I want to get more minimalist. I understand. Okay. That piece of that is making sense. Cause if I had three voicemails that I felt like I needed to check, that would cloud my mental space quite a bit. Yeah. Just the the concern that someone might need you. And I'm, I think I'm like you in the way that I don't want anything slipping through the cracks. Yeah. I don't want anybody to feel that I've abandoned them. Like that is a real concern. Right. I could only remember two times in the last 20 years that I forgot to call somebody back and I felt like sick over it. That's amazing to me that you remembered those two times. Totally. Like that's very impactful. Wow. Because they called again. They'd be like, didn't you get my message? And I was like, like literally like the worst feeling in the world. Like, oh "Oh my God, I did get it. And I forgot. I'm so sorry. And so like, I'm always like within 24 hours, you have to get a call back. Yeah. That puts a lot of pressure on you that Hmm. you don't want anything to ever, again, it's like that spinning of the plates and you don't want any of them to fall. And you're like, all right, make sure I got all of these going. And yeah. Huh. I mean, I feel like everything you shared is very relatable. You're definitely not alone. (laughs) I feel like some listeners are going to be like, yep, yep, yep. Don't you fight with the idea that like, again, the grateful thing and being appreciative of what you have, but then also wanting things to change and being dissatisfied with what you have. Like the two conflicting points of view. It's like, how do you be grateful and not satisfied with what you have? Yeah, because you're looking around going, wow, I have this house, I have this, I have income, I have a job, I have time, X, Y, Z, yeah, great family, all this stuff. And some people would kill for any one of those things. Right. But then you're like sitting here thinking, oh, but I still have all these goals. So does that mean that- I feel unfulfilled. It's a battle. It's a tough one. That's the mental thing. That's Mm -hmm. the, you know, living in the dichotomy, living in the contradiction. No, yeah. It's like on one hand, I'm like, I want to be grateful for everything. Just I'm happy with everything I have. And on the other hand, I'm like, I feel unfulfilled and I want to do other things. I want to change this. I want to change that. And why do I feel, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm just not excited about life a lot of the time. And mm-hmm. so you're just constantly juggling these two. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Me too, man. <laughs> We're in the same space. Good. All right. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And Virginia, please help me with the (laughs) handles. Come check out the website at unlearningproject.org and find us on Instagram at unlearning underscore project. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. 